From beyond the Adirond Holomag, I'm Alana Slock, and you're listening to Beings of the Galaxy. I often refer to myself as an explorer. An explorer of stories, that is. I chase after the people with those stories, and my travels will often take me all across the galaxy, from the core to the furthest parts of the Outer Rim. But there are those in the world more deserving of the title Explorer, for they quite literally do the active work of exploring. They travel to uninhabited planets, to dangerous worlds, and bring back knowledge to share with us so that we too can go explore these places. Their jobs are revolutionary. They are on the forefront of progress, but their lives are often filled with danger. Who knows what creatures lurk on these worlds, or if the climates are designed to kill foreign beings the moment they set foot on the surface. It requires great courage to be an explorer, I admire them more than they know. Not only for their bravery, but also for the handful of delicious stories they bring back with them. A few months ago, I was pursuing a story out of the Explorers Guild, an organization created to provide support for those courageous individuals. Shortly after arriving at the Guild compound, I received a tour and a quick history lesson. Following a light lunch, I felt a desire to head to the garden, where I sat, letting the serenity calm and wash over me. Suddenly, the sunlight reflected off something, blinding me for a moment. Glancing down, I saw an object peeking out of the soil. A data pad. A kind I had never seen before. And that was because it was around 300 years old. I slipped the data pad into my bag and made my way back to my room so I could uncover the secrets it held. After some tinkering with the ancient device, I was able to restore the power. Immediately, I met the owner, Typho Horn, who happens to be the founder of the Explorers Guild. This was gold. As the founder, Typho went before the other explorers to be the first person on each new world and gather initial data for his team. Typho's discoveries mapped out the unknown part of the galaxy during the time of the High Republic. There are people today living on worlds only because Typho discovered those worlds hundreds of years ago. But something wasn't right, I quickly realized. If it was Typho's duty to bring back knowledge of new worlds to the Republic, 
why was this data pad buried? And why had it been uncovered now? By me. I have some thoughts, but first, I want you to hear from Typho himself. I want you to hear about his journey and to discover what is on his mysterious data pad. Good morning, fellow explorers. Typho Horn here, ready for another trek into the wild. If this is your first time joining me, welcome. And welcome to the Explorers Guild. You will be serving the galaxy in a great way, helping the people of the Republic to reach their fullest potential through knowledge and discovery. It is my job and the job of the other council members to aid you in your explorations. And we do this by going ahead of you and scouting out the worlds we desire to learn more about. Today, we are traveling to a world discovered recently in Sector C-13. Let's take a look, shall we? The world we're traveling to is primarily an ocean world with islands scattered across the planet, about a 15 to 75% land to ocean ratio. We'll be heading to the largest island, where my scans have detected a colossal mountain range at its center. You might be asking how we located this world. It was revealed to me through studying the stories told in the Sacred Book of Travelers. The ancient writings mentioned a world with a sacred valley and our research has led us to believe this is that very world that holds said valley. It is also written that the sacred valley holds the power of transformation. What this power actually is, I am not sure, but we'll find out. Successful landing. Just as I expected, this world is very hot and very humid. Maybe one of the most humid planets I've ever visited. This is going to be a tough one. But I'm no stranger to a challenge. The ascent to the mountain summit doesn't look too bad. Not quite uphill the whole way. It'll be a long hike to find the sacred valley but the views are sure to be breathtaking. Don't worry, I'll make sure you don't miss a thing along the way. <sighs> All right, so we're about two hours into our hike. I lied when I said the climb wasn't uphill. It's uphill, and don't get me wrong, it's absolutely beautiful. I'm sure the hollows won't do it justice, but stars, am I exhausted? I've just gotten to the summit, so we'll be descending into the valley shortly. But for now, just sit with me and take this in. I've been to ocean worlds before, but this, this is really something. You can see all around me the sea 
disappearing into the horizon line. It really makes you feel small, doesn't it? But that's what our job is all about. Helping people understand how small we truly are in this universe. It keeps us honest. There's something different about this world. The air around me, I, I can't quite put my finger on it. But there's an energy. It surrounds me. It's like... Like the air is buzzing, calling out to me. No, beckoning me down. Down there, down that path, that has to be it. The sacred valley. In fact, I think I see something. There's a light glowing in the distance. I'm going to take a closer look. Typho treks down the side of the mountain. Stumbling slightly, things become more precarious at this point in the journey. But as he rounds a corner and steps into the valley, he can't take his eyes off the sparkling tree at the center of the canyon. It calls to him. Even watching the hollow now, it calls to me. As if it's alive and its power transcends the screen. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Let me just... One second. I'll give you a better view. Typho sets the camera down at the edge of the canyon. As he steps back into the frame, he walks toward the tree slowly. It sparkles, bathing the entire valley in starlight. It's... It's spectacular. The light, it seeps through the camera. I can feel it in my chest, the warmth spreading. Typho drops to his knees, mouth open in awe as he takes in the magnificence of this place. A wave of light suddenly pulses from the roots. Then the camera cuts out. Eventually, the camera blinks back to life. But this time, Typho sits on a rock outside the valley, surrounded by trees. His face, awestruck, glowing slightly transformed. In founding the Explorers Guild, my sole desire was to bring knowledge to every corner of the galaxy. But I'm ashamed to admit this selfless desire no longer exists. Instead, it has been replaced by entrepreneurial pursuits. Payment traded for explorations to new worlds which would bring people to these planets to inhabit them and shape the environments for their own purposes. How blind we've become. Conquering these worlds with no regard for what the world wants. But this place, it is alive. How could I return to the guild and collect payment knowing the credits in my hand would mean certain 
death to this world. I couldn't do that. Not in good conscience. This place, it's strong in the force. I used to believe in the force. Used to be a servant of the force, just like my grandmother. She was the most important person to me. Raised me when my parents left. She taught me to respect the force always. To trust in its will as it connected us all. Grandmother believed that we were all force sensitive. Not just the general. That every being in the galaxy had the power within them to tap into the force. Some were more naturally attuned to its song. And for others, it took more practice. My grandmother, though, was a natural. For me, I often wondered if she was wrong about the Force. Maybe in her old age, she tricked herself into feeling something that wasn't there. I never asked her, though. It made her happy to cling to the Force. But now, looking back, I wish I did ask. When my grandmother died, I started traveling, and soon after I founded the Explorers Guild. Up until today, I thought my explorations were all a way to escape the pain of losing her. But Othos, Othos is the name of this place, Othos helped me see, when I knelt before it, that my explorations, my travels, they were all a way to connect with her. I haven't been running. I've been searching for my grandmother in nature all along. When she was alive, my grandmother, through sharing her love of the world with me, wanted me to clearly see the force the way she did, in every aspect of the natural world around her. She'd ask me, how can you not feel it moving, Typho? Connecting every living thing, drawing you closer to nature to life itself. Othos has shown me that I've been searching for this, going from world to world, going further and further out into the galaxy until I could find that connection she spoke of. But this, this place, Othos, this is different. Othos is the force, and Othos has helped me see the world the way my grandmother did. I've been chasing something that's been there all along. I simply needed to stop and be still and let the force surround me. It's ironic, I think, that I spent so much of my life in places my grandmother said the force was the strongest and yet I felt so disconnected from it. But now, that connection has been restored. I can feel the force here. But I know when I leave this island, this world, I will still feel the force. I'll see it in every aspect of life the way my grandmother saw it. Othos, it needs to be protected. I can't return to the guild and trade this sacred world for some credits, but I can't give it the safety it needs. 
is only one group I trust to protect this place. As soon as they set foot on this planet, as soon as they feel the Force, I know they'll agree with me. The Jedi will protect Othos, and no one else can ever know. When I asked the council members of the Explorers Guild about the datapad and its contents, they were dumbfounded. They had no knowledge of Typho's discovery on the world, now known as Nia Sia. Their records indicated Typho traveled to Nia Sia, but was unable to land and the world was deemed uninhabitable. But Typho had lied. Why? I believe he wanted to protect Neosia from the colonizers making their way from the core into the outer rim, to protect the sacred valley from those who would abuse its power. But Neosia wasn't kept a secret for long. Typho went to the Jedi soon after his trip to Neosia and relayed all he found. They accepted his request to protect the world, building a temple in the Sacred Valley to guard the wellspring of the Force that lived there. The world was added to maps, but it was never tampered with as the Jedi were its protector. That is, until the Empire. As soon as the Empire took power, they went to worlds with Jedi temples and destroyed them. On Neosia, they ripped the sacred tree from the ground and killed it. They burned the island in an attempt to purge the light from it. Then they left, satisfied with their work. Nothing could grow back from the darkness they spread. Soon after leaving the Explorer's Guild, I traveled to Neosia, wanting to see for myself what it looked like, if it was still suffering from the Empire's darkness. From space, the world is a sparkling blue. Breaking through the atmosphere, I could see the islands dotting the water's surface. When I landed on the island, now called night, I was surprised to find the island green and teeming with life as if the Empire had never come. Their attempt to snuff out all life on this planet failed. Like Typho said, I could sense something more on this world, something buzzing. I followed his instructions and made my way to the Sacred Valley. I expected to find the tree Typho spoke of, thriving like the rest of the island, but it wasn't there. The dark stain of the Empire was still on the earth. But at the dark mark's center, a small plant. The Empire tried to snuff out this light this pure source of the Force, but 
it was never truly gone. Typho thought he had lost his connection to his grandmother, to the Force after her passing, but he hadn't. Sometimes the darkness is overwhelming. Sometimes the darkness suffocates us, pulls us down into holes where it seems truly impossible that light could ever exist again. But sometimes all it takes is the smallest flicker the tiniest flame to eliminate the darkness. Sometimes the smallest blade of grass has the power to resurrect an entire island. The force doesn't ask for much. It asks for what you can give. What the island could give was a small plant. What Typho could give was a small declaration of faith. And with that, the Force worked wonders. Thanks for joining me, Lana Slock, your host for another episode of Beings of the Galaxy, a Beyond the Outer Rim Holomag production, bringing you the stories of the everyday people who make up our galaxy far, far away. We'll see you next time.